You're listening to the Modern Vital Podcast, which explores the relationship between environmental factors and human health. Here is your host, Dr. Ben Reeves, founder of Portland Clinic of Natural Health and creator of MVP90, a 90-day health protocol customized to each individual health journey. Stay tuned for fun, practical, and thought-provoking health tips, along with suggestions and insights into optimizing health and preventing chronic disease through integrative, naturopathic, and functional medicine approaches. Your body is unique, powerful, and intelligent. Your treatment should be too. So on today's episode of the Modern Vital Podcast, our topic is breast implant illness, also known as BII and environmental factors which might make it worse. And today's very special guest is Ellie Vixie, a breast implant illness expert and survivor who is passionate about educating other women with and without implants about BII. She is also an energy healer and an intuitive wellness coach. And after 17 years with implants and making excuses for her chronic health issues, it took learning about BII to take a look at what the effects of having implants was doing to her body. She is dedicated to helping women heal and recover from the effects of BII so they can make the best decisions for themselves about explant or explantation and love their bodies after surgery. Welcome to the show, Ellie. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's great to have you. Yeah, so um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey. Uh, what, what led you to, um, to become an expert in BII? Well, it wasn't intentional, I'll tell you that. Um, I did not know that breast implant illness even existed until uh, 17 years into having my implants. Um, you know, I had had them checked. My doctor said, no, they're great. They're good. You can keep them in until they burst basically. And um, I was, let's see, two and a half years since my last child. So we were done having kids. I was past the infant stage. I was past the breastfeeding stage. I was past all of those like chronic tired phases. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm still chronically tired. I am still not Mm -hmm. feeling good. Um, What's going on? This isn't kids anymore. And uh, I actually was introduced, I was told about breast implant illness um, from my sister, actually. And as soon as I researched it, everything just clicked. And I was like, ah, that has got to be, you know, what it is. And, you know, all of my random symptoms that I just could not identify and I could not figure out what was wrong, um, they were all listed there. And, and it felt so good to finally have an answer. So for those who don't know, can you define, you know, what is breast implant illness or BII? Like, Yeah, so what it is, is it's actually, um, well, it occurs with both saline and silicone implants. And it is just a whole lot of symptoms that relate to toxicity. We're talking like immune and autoimmune kind of issues, any kind of neuro- neurological issues. Um, and it can also create endocrine and metab- metabolic dysfunction. And so there's all of these symptoms that kind of, jump and bumble all together. Um, And unfortunately, it isn't diagnosable at the moment. It is very hard to say 100% this is exactly BII, which is why I think it's such a, um, like an obtuse idea, right? So, So how did you then go about figuring out once and for all that you did indeed have some of the symptoms that were being caused by your breast implants? Oh yeah, that's a great question. So 
I, I actually found a community of women. And in this community of women, we were all thinking that we were all alone. We thought we are the only ones that feel this way. We're the, we're the crazies that have all these symptoms and nothing's wrong with us. Our blood's fine. Our hormones are fine. Our thyroids are fine. But we still feel like garbage. Um, and so when we came together, it was almost like, you know, you could compare with other women and be like, oh, my gosh, you have that, too. And you have implants and you have the same implants or we've had them the same amount of time. And so it was really comparing with other women who um, who could say, like, yes, I have these same symptoms. And we're talking um, hundreds of thousands of women now that are all sharing their symptoms and sharing these things that are going on with them. And so it is for me, it was very much self-diagnosed, um, but based on some of the other symptoms that women were experiencing as well, that we were all having these same symptoms. And that's really how it came about. Yeah, I've, I've had a, f a few patients in my practice with BII, and it seems like uh, some of the classic symptoms we see are um, muscle pain, uh, joint pain, um, sometimes palpitations or some chest tightness, chest pain. Uh, there often appears to be uh, hypothyroid symptoms like hair falling out, easy weight gain, um, and then lots of rashes uh, and just yeah. fatigue, kind of autoimmune-like symptoms that, uh, that are hard to pinpoint um, in terms of labs. Yes, my, my most bizarre symptom was that I could not sweat. I couldn't break a sweat. And I went to a gym one time and the trainer was like, we're gonna keep doing this until Ellie breaks the sweat. And I was like, you're gonna kill everyone because I can't, I, I can't sweat. But what would happen is after an exercise or after even a sauna or a hot tub, I would either get flu-like symptoms or I would break out in hives all over my body. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm allergic to my sweat or I'm allergic to exercise, actually, I thought that for a while. Um, and it was it was just really bizarre for me. Um, but then again, going into that group and other women being like, I can't sweat either. And I break out in hives when I exercise. And um, yeah, I had like dry eye was another really common one in the, in the group, it's like crazy dry eye symptoms. But yeah, you know, my hair was falling out. I was like, okay, I haven't had kids in a couple of years. Like this isn't you know, post-birth hair loss anymore. Um, and I had my thyroid checked and my thyroid levels were fine. Um, I also had a lot of actual like mental stuff too. I had a lot of um, uh, depressed, depression-like symptoms. Um, I had some anxiety and, and then yeah, weight gain was really, really a struggle. So those are, those are a lot of really common bizarre symptoms and those are the mild ones actually there can be some very severe symptoms as well yeah i was reading that um you know over four hundred thousand women get um breast augmentation and breast implants alone just in the u.s and then i know it's i mean i have no idea how many it is worldwide but it's obviously millions um yeah. ha have had it um, but I'd be curious to know how, how many how many out there are actually having these symptoms. It sounds to me like the communities you belong in, there's tens of thousands um, that yeah. that have these symptoms. Yeah, so I actually just checked this recently, and I think the latest the latest study was done in like 2018, so it's not even very current. But um, anywhere from like 35 to 85 percent of those women with implants will experience symptoms, four or more symptoms, within sometimes just a couple months of getting their implants. So it can um, it can come on pretty 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 hard and fast. That's if incredible! You, wow. Yeah. So then it is, it is a wild death. So then, if one suspects that they have BII, 
um, wh where do they go? I mean, do they, obviously we go to Dr. Google, but w would you recommend somebody join a group like, like on Facebook or one of these groups online or, or talk to somebody like yourself yeah. to figure it out? Yeah, absolutely. So there are, there are some very great, great resources available online. Um, there, the, the one that I love the most is actually healingbreastimplantillness.com. Uh, she's, she's got wonderful resources there, lots of lists and lots of, lots of stuff to dig into and research. Um, there's a Facebook group online, Healing Implant Illness, and um, lots of really great community of women there that you can find. And then, of course, yes, they can talk to me and I can, I can help, help people navigate that as well. Um, but I think it's really important to find a doctor that can sympathize with you. Um, I've had really great luck with naturopaths such as yourself, um, especially doctors that are very, uh, very in tune more holistically and are open to maybe something that might not be considered normal and might not be considered, you know, mainstream. Because um, I think a lot of what we're looking for is just validation. And, you know, yes, I understand that you're not feeling well. Let me see how I can help you. And, oh, your tests are normal, but you still don't feel well. Then there's got to be something else. And so finding a doctor that is willing to do that um, patient work with you, you know, really, really willing to dig in and look holistically at, at all of the other aspects that could be going on. I think that's very important. Yeah, I'll be curious to see, uh, you know, when when this actually becomes accepted, because it's it's very clear to me that BII is a real thing. I mean, we, we see it a lot in our practice. You obviously see it. You experienced it. There's sounds like hundreds of thousands of people who have had it. You know, and then there's these various names like ASIA uh, is another name for autoimmune autoinflammatory syndrome induced by adjuvants. Uh, but it's but it's like if we if we go look this up, um, like the Cleveland Clinic has a little uh, page about it. Uh, there isn't even really anything on like uh, up to date, which is like what you know doctors use to look up conditions. There, there's not even a page on BII on up to date. I mean, they've got to get that together, you know. But the, but then I go to PubMed and I can find a few few papers um, from well-known journals talking about it and uh, there's there's quite a few that conclude it, it there's enough evidence for us to actually have a diagnosis here mm -hmm. yes absolutely and what's really interesting is there is a group um that advocates for breast implant illness they're advocating with the government they're going to the fda they're going and asking them to you know to do things and so um since 2021 let's say yes 2021 uh, the FDA actually did finally order restrict order a restriction of sales and distribution of breast implant illness, and um, they had to include a black box warning and checklist on them. So there are strides being made um, to help raise awareness for this, um, because like I I didn't know. I mean I knew the the I knew the issues behind the surgery. I know that the surgery could cause issues, or the surgery could cause. Um, malformations and I could, you know, things could go wrong, but I didn't realize, you know, I, I thought it was a lifetime device. I thought it was something that I could have forever and I would never really have to think about it or worry about it again. And I think a lot of us do go into this, you know, go into implant surgery thinking that. Um, so it's nice to know that, you know, activism has made, has made some, some steps to improvement there. 
That's really great. I'm curious if uh, if you could speak a little bit to um, the various ways that BII are caused, uh, you know, by the silicon or silicone, for example, uh, because I mean, we know that we can have like an inflammatory reaction to it. Uh, and then we know there could be like a, a biofilm that maybe forms on it where there's actually like a bacterial infection. And then you and I were talking about how I think you'd said a colleague of yours actually had mold that was found inside of the capsule of the breast implant. Is that Yes, it's, it is really interesting. So my, my surgeon was Dr. Chun in California, and he has a, fa- a fascinating Instagram page, right, with all of his um, explants, right? So if, if you want to go down that route, you definitely can go down that rabbit hole. Um, but yes, sometimes when these implants are coming out, there is, there is mold and there's spores inside the, inside the implants as well. And the, the capsule that forms, the scar tissue that forms around the implant can hold a lot of the toxins as well. It's almost like our body is trying to localize, you know, trying to localize the toxins and trying not to let it spread. So it creates this barrier. Um, and then in some women, that barrier hardens and gets really, 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 really tight. And it can squeeze and contract the, the implant itself, which can cause contact, um, Oh, I can't pronounce the word, uh, constrictures. And anyways, it can burst the implant. So, you know, if you do have a silicone implant, you know, you risk that silicone, um, you know, spreading and causing all sorts of damage in the body. So the the removal technique is really important there as well. Um, but you did ask about those environmental uh, impacts and right, the, the mold that can be present um, on the implants and just there's there's heavy metals and there are, you know, things that are inside that that are just being leached into the body constantly so our immune system goes on high alert and you know and then you're you're more at risk for chronic illness and then chronic things and then your your immune system just gets worn down to where you're just chronically ill i'd be so curious i mean i i I see so much autoimmune disease so much so much uh, lyme disease and um, different things like that and i'd be curious to see the overlap between um like for example tick-borne illness and BII, because I'm sure there are some people who have breast implants but also have Lyme disease, and yeah. um, that that could be really yeah. tricky to figure out how to figure out. How to yeah. Oh, I agree. I think I think it would be a fascinating study to figure out how many of these things overlap. Um, because for me, now if I feel tired and now if I feel sick, I'm like, okay, what am I doing? Because I no longer have to think, could this potentially be my implant? So I have ruled that out now where before I was like, okay, well, it could be this, it could be that, but it also could be my implants and they're still here. Um, so until I actually got them removed, I, I had no idea, you know, I was like, oh, it could be this and it could be that. And I just had nothing concrete. And so, um, and I think too, my, my immune system and my body, like couldn't do the healing it needed to do. It couldn't process the toxins I was being exposed to. So um, thankfully I didn't, but had I, had I gotten a tick bite at the time, I don't know that my immune system would have been able to handle it and been able to process it. And so I may have been more susceptible, um, to a disease like that or an autoimmune condition coming in, you know, from that as well, cause I wasn't full functioning. So right now, um, you can absolutely follow me on Facebook. Um, just Ellie Vixie on Facebook and I'm on Instagram as well as Ellie Vixie. Those are kind of my social channels, but, um, you can always, can I give my email address or is that weird? All right, so it's very easy to contact me via Gmail. I'm ellievixie at gmail.com. And then I also um, provide a free discovery session as well. So if you're curious and just you know want to talk and want to see how, how this might be impacting you, 
um, and how I could potentially help you go through it, it is lavixie.as.me slash free discovery session. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ellie. That concludes today's episode of the Modern Vital Podcast. We would love to hear from you. We value your feedback. If you have any questions or suggestions, please reach out to me at ben at modernvital.com and leave us a review if you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to having you join us next week for another exciting episode of the Modern Vital Podcast.